You hear all the bull about marketing every day. Make your money in your sleep. My new offer is crushing it. My guru could beat up your guru. It's time to go right to the source and get the truth about marketing. With your host, the founder of CopyChief.com, Kevin Rogers. Hey everybody, it's Kevin Rogers, the chief from CopyChief.com. And I'm thrilled today to welcome my guest, Zach Smith. How are you doing, Zach? Hey, I'm doing well, Kevin. Nice to be on. Thanks Thanks for coming on. And Zach is a member of Copy Chief and is running a fantastic business now called Funded Today. And he's primarily, along with his partner, Thomas, who will join us in just a minute, helping folks get their projects funded. He's using Kickstarter as the primary source of that and as... You probably know a crowdfunding is a really important and emerging aspect of doing business on the internet here in the modern age. So, Zach, I'd love to start out with just a little bit about you know your history. You're a young guy, you're 27, but I'd love to hear a little bit about how you came into internet marketing and direct response marketing. Yeah, so I started out at a at a really young age. I'm 27 years old now, but I started out in the foreign currency exchange, so Forex, and pretty much my entire job in that industry was writing email copy, sales copy, landing page copy, and it taught me the importance of how a subject line can affect conversions, how a good squeeze page can double or triple your opt-in rate, how the right words, how the right video sales letter can impact conversions. And that ultimate, once I sold that business, that ultimately translated to the fact that if this works in this industry, which is so focused on that, I felt. Mm-hmm. I felt like everybody knew that. Everybody kind of thought, yeah, copywriting is important. It's so important to make sure that we're saying the right things and pitching our products in the right way. Yeah. Well, how important must that be for businesses that don't think like marketers, like doctors, dentists, lawyers, and then passion businesses, anybody who's trying to do what they love on the internet? How important would it be for them to actually use the right words and invoke the right emotions to their prospects and buyers such that they might be able to create that tribe, as Seth Godin says, and that mm-hmm. led me to consulting. And consulting led into crowdfunding because my business was called startdoingbusiness.com, which we essentially helped people in their businesses at whatever stage they were in. We found lots of businesses, and, and most consultants don't like these kind of businesses, that simply had no money. Mm. And we said, well, there's a market to serve here, so why don't we make them money? And that's where Funded Today was born. People with ideas that had no money don't have to pay us because we only take money if we make them money on their crowdfunding efforts through Kickstarter. And so it really translated well into what we're already doing with startdoingbusiness.com. Fantastic. Great summary and agree with all your points. So tell me quickly, you know, how do you qualify? What, what, do you, what are your goggles that allow you to see whether a company can succeed with crowdfunding or not? I'll tell you what, and I'd probably like Thomas to maybe speak to this if he could as well, but we have a system that we put into place and any, any new client we take on, they actually go through a little bit of a three-step process where we ask different information about their idea or their project, or if it's already on Kickstarter, we get some different analytical information on that. And based upon those decisions, we give them a yes, no, or a maybe. A yes is, this is going to work. We're almost 100% certain. A no is, hey, this isn't going to work. We're pretty certain that you've got a bad idea. Here's some things you can do to change. Mm-hmm. But if you really think this is going to work, here's what we can do to make it work for you. And we can try it out because we don't want to crush your dreams. 
And we've actually had one client just recently who we told no to, and they said, no, we believe in this. It's going to work. And they actually proved us wrong. Hmm. So our, our uh, methodology for evaluating is pretty good, but that's why we provide those other options just in case because we don't want to tell anybody no. Yeah. If they really believe in it, if they really want to push for it, we'll try it out. And then there's the whole maybe stage where they're maybe not there yet, but if they do these couple things that we suggest, then we take them on. So it, it's kind of a proprietary blend of some different analytics we look for mm-hmm. and then some different suggestions that we make as well that that all goes into our forms that we have on funded today. So, so at worst, they could get some free advice. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> okay, great. So Thomas, why don't you come on and uh, thanks for being here with us today. Yeah, you bet. And yeah, if you want to speak a little bit more to sort of how you, what you look for in an easy home run, let's say, if there's such a thing in crowdfunding, what, what are some indicators to you? Yeah, so a couple things, just like the the real market, right? If you're out marketing your project outside of a crowdfunding platform, you need to look at kind of, you know, the different industries and how big those markets are. So if you have a project that's in games, you know, gadgets or like tech, Mm -hmm. those are obviously the biggest, you know, users on Kickstarter. You know, other crowdfunding platforms might be a little different, obviously, but, you know, those are the biggest ones. So if you have a project kind of in that niche or kind of in those industries, you could say, I mean, you have a better chance of of being successful. Kind of like what Zach was saying, it is a bit difficult to tell how well you're going to do on Kickstarter, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, with any product, right? You kind of have to go to market and kind of see what happens. But, But a few rules of thumb. One is if you've actually been selling a product, and people are actually buying your product outside of Kickstarter, mm-hmm. and then you're going to Kickstarter, kind of like with the version two, to kind of jumpstart it, you're most likely going to be really successful. Another thing is you need something that's novel, right? If if it's just another another type of watch, or you know, if, if there's not anything really unique to it, you know, you're you're not going to have too much activity, right? And, and the funny part is a lot of people go to Kickstarter and some people think they're just going to crush it and they're going to get th- hundreds of thousands of dollars raised and they don't go anywhere, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes they get no pledges, whereas other people – and you know, you'll know you kind of find this where people who are the most popular on Kickstarter, you'll see in their comments and you know some of our clients where they, they weren't expecting it, but their, their thing kind of just takes off. And often you know they, they weren't even – thinking it would happen and they're amazed by it so i mean you never really know what's going to happen it, usually the the main reason a project is going to take off and do half a million or a million dollars is if you have something that's really novel that you know a lot of people would use you know male and female and you get some big pr right that just mm-hmm. gets you hundreds of thousands of clicks and so if you have the right product that people like and they're, and they're purchasing so that's kind of the holy grail you can almost say is the PR you know which is what we help clients with but but then also having the paid media with, with the copywriting stuff Zach has learned and, and whatnot you know that's kind of just our it not as big you're not going to hit it huge like a million dollars I mean you could if, if you had the right product but again it's kind of just a toss-up but those are some of the factors we look at okay and our in our approach Kevin is kind of it's kind of really simple. We've broken it down to three tiers or three prongs. And as Thomas mentioned, paid media is our bread and butter. We have to get paid media to work because paid media can create the consistency that you want to see. Buyers every single day because when your ads are working, you're generating pledges and we're generating pledges. 
you stay in all the top categories on Kickstarter. I see. So if we can't get paid media to work, we actually will turn a project down. We'll, after our after our two or three day tests, we simply say, okay, your project's not going to work because paid media is not going to work. Here's some strategies that we think you could do on your own to get it funded, but for us, it doesn't make sense to continue on because, as you know, we don't charge any money until the end, so we're actually fronting the money to do all their paid media to start. Mm. So if we can't get that to work, we don't invoke the next two practices, which are PR. And PR is simply trying to get blog posts to write about you, get newspapers to write about you, get on podcasts, right. whatever you whatever you can do to get the word out. Because it can be really good, especially if you get into targeted segments. And then finally, it's cross-collaboration, which we have a network of some really good people. I mean, Thomas Albert is connected to quite a few YouTube celebrities, and these YouTube celebrities will pitch products for it for a percentage of Kickstarter fees. Hmm. And we've worked out deals with these people and have a quite an extensive network of influencers, in addition to a really nice email list that is very responsive and has thousands and thousands of people that have backed Kickstarter projects in the past. That's and by true. combining those three tiers of paid media, cross-collaboration, and press and PR, we can really hit a home run for a project. But like I said, until we get the paid media to work, which is the copywriting, yep. getting the words and the images to actually sing and resonate with that ideal customer, we, we can't continue on. Very interesting. And uh, quickly, I'm curious, how do you test before deciding? Uh, you know, Because ultimately, if you decide, yes, we're going ahead, that's when you set up the campaign and then it actually goes live on Kickstarter, right? So, so how do you fairly test whether somebody will fund or not before it's an actual Kickstarter project? Yeah, so, so as far as the testing, we actually don't do any testing of projects that aren't live. It's actually... Only projects that are currently live I see. that either they just started or they had talked to us before and then they're launching and we set it up. I see. Or, you know, they're ending completion and they need to raise X percent more to fund their project. So they need an extra boost. So they reach out to us. I got you. Okay. Now, now, however, though, Kevin, it's funny you mentioned that because something we have actually just barely started to branch into is the pre-launch. Mm. Because pre-launch was so effective when I ran foreign currency exchange mm. launches. What we're doing now is we are doing test spends through our paid media channels of Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram, places like that. And we're actually building up email lists for clients, pre-selling their product, pre-pre-Kickstarter, mm. such that we can build up a list of engaged people. And we try to make that pre-launch such that people will really, really want to – it's not people that are just opting in for a freebie. It's people that are like, oh, my gosh, this is a really cool idea. Mm -hmm. I do want to be notified about it, and I do want a discount code when it comes time to purchase. And that's the sort of pitch that we're doing to engage with these sorts of people right. to kind of see if there's even a market for it. And right. by spending just a couple hundred dollars, we can build an email list of 200 to 1,000 people, depending on how good the click-through and opt-in rates are. And then that email list can let us know whether or not this makes sense to pursue further and actually do an entire crowdfunding campaign for 30 to 60 days. That's great. Brilliant. Okay, excellent. So, and quickly, how many campaigns now have you guys done? Ooh, now you're going to test. I shouldn't know that number. I can tell you an actual amount that we've raised okay. in the last 90 days because this one's... People have dollar signs, so let's go with that. Yeah, <laughs> all right. In terms of how many projects we've done, quite a few. I could get you that number later if I just went through them all. Would you say it's a we, dozen or, or less? Or um, It's probably just a, a bit more than a dozen even. Okay. So. And we have raised... I mean, if you factor in all of them, but over the last, let's just do the last 90 days because I'm confident in this number, mm -hmm. $780,000 just in the last 90 days for clients. So Amazing. And a pretty, good, pretty good number. And these people fantastic. are people yeah. that haven't even had businesses before. Many of them 
Only right. one client had a business before. Wow. So, so this is dream come true type stuff. And, you know, we're going to talk about a campaign that you brought to Copy Chief. And okay. for anybody listening that doesn't know, Copy Chief is a community of business owners and copywriters. And the whole idea is that it solves the co what I call the copywriting problem in all of business. Zach, you've pointed out how important copy is. Very often, business owners, even people in marketing, have no idea where to find good copywriters or to get help with their copy without shelling out big dollars to you know for a one-hour consult or something. And so I created Copy Chief to be a community where business owners could bring an idea or a live campaign to the forum and get feedback on the marketing, whether you need to boost conversions, whether you want to vet an idea to see if it's viable. It's a marketing community where we, it's all about raising conversions and only, you know, going ahead with ideas that have uh, legs, similar to what you guys are doing over there. And so uh, you came into Copy Chief with this specific Kickstarter campaign for an illustrated novel, beautiful work. I'm happy to be a backer of this. It's called Vanishing Ink. And from a, a I, I guess this is the second book, Scott Weiser is your author. And uh, it's interesting, we were talking before we went live here about how, you know, Scott's a little overwhelmed with the entire sort of marketing <laughs> process. And it's, for us, we live and breathe this stuff every day. But for, for Scott and a lot of people listening, it may just seem like foreign speak. And um, it can be exhausting and overwhelming. But what's amazing to me that you guys are able to accomplish and what Kickstarter and Indiegogo have made possible is that people with no marketing or even really business skills can suddenly create a very viable business in, in one month through these campaigns. So talk a little bit about this campaign and, and why you brought it to Copy Chief. Yeah, it's exciting. I mean, just as you mentioned, Scott Weiser is cream of the crop. He's probably one of the better guys you're ever going to run into in your life in every single facet of his life. And his work of Vanishing Inc., shows for sure it's about beautiful yeah. it's a it's a children's novel probably geared towards grade school age children fourth to the eighth grade but it, i mean it's a it's a story the whole entire family will enjoy it's a novel about a lazy lost up magician who's chosen to save the world from disappearing and it's got a, it's got a great meaning behind it and the illustrations alone kind of speak to the volume of work that yeah. scott has put scott has put into this for sure but speaking to his entrepreneurship he, he, as you mentioned, he's just been completely overwhelmed and it's been good to have us helping out with this because we've been able to teach him so much and he's been very pliable and moldable in terms of doing what we said. And because of that, his project is very close to funding and probably will be funded here within the next one or two days. So, Excellent. So he, he was, um, what did we say, seeking? Uh, his goal was, um, thinking of Shark Tank, I'm seeking uh, a ton of money. <laughs> But uh, $12,000, right, was his Correct. Uh, yep. Yep, His target. And so, and just quickly, if, if people don't know, the way Kickstarter works is you, you either meet your goal or, or none of the money gets collected. It, it's Yeah, it's all or nothing. Yep. People's credit cards are not charged. Even when it meets the goal, they're not charged. They're only charged as soon as the project ends and only if the goal is met. So if Scott's book were not to fund, all of the money raised so far would not be charged and his book would not receive any funding. So, and that's different from Indiegogo. I understand that Indiegogo is you pledge an amount and you've paid the person that money because you believe in their project. Correct. And, and I t and I tend to favor Kickstarter in that 
facet simply because you really should have the funding to go forth with the project. If, if you're trying to, like, for example, if Scott doesn't get the 12000 he needs, mm-hmm. it wouldn't make sense to print the book because he wouldn't have the money to do it. The, all that $12,000 is factored into what needs to happen to market, print, publish, and ship the books to the backers. So yep. if you're just, if you know, if he were to go now, he'd lose money. So it's it's good to kind of have that failsafe, I think, in place. Yeah, I agree. Excellent. Okay. And I'm just quickly interested about with crowdfunding and, and hopefully I'm not going down too deep a side road here, but it sure. just, it just it, on in premise seems like it's just ripe for fraud. Is that become an issue? I haven't read any bad press about crowdfunding. Where people just take the money and run with yeah. it? Yeah. Well, like you said, yeah, through, through Kickstarter, it's a little more protected because you know, you, you've got a fund and, and it's, it's, but you know, what happens when say with Indiegogo, how, what's to stop anyone from just creating this great sounding thing and then running off with the money? Yeah, there's a couple of things. One is some projects and this rarely happens, but just a month ago or so there was this uh, type of router, I guess you could say that was hitting it big, huge and Kickstarter, ended the project and said, no, we're not going to run it because mm-hmm. based on what we understand and what we know, this is this is made up. So they'll, they'll kind of put their finger down on some things, but that's very uncommon. But if there's something that's kind of obvious, very obvious to them, then they'll do that. There's sometimes where people aren't able to fulfill on their project. Mm-hmm. You know, they say, hey, here's this great idea. Here's what I'm going to go do. They get the funding and then they're like, oh, you know, I can't do it. Uh, in that case, Kickstarter doesn't have control, you know, over what happens after. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're kind of just the intermediary for the for the crowdfunding aspect of it. But in those cases, I know there's been some campaigns where, you know, they can't and, and people kind of the, the creator will refund the money as best they can. Hmm. And then I think there have been a case or two where people kind of run off, you know, once they get the money. But, you know, luckily, it, it doesn't seem like a lot of people do that. I mean, Kickstarter is yeah. a community of mm-hmm. people just, that are just, early adopters to it you know? or, or what, mm-hmm. you know, people. Are, are, are pretty honest about it. And, and the yeah. other thing is, I mean, you have to verify your information on, at least on Kickstarter, other crowdfunding platforms will obviously be different, mm-hmm. but I mean, you have to, you know, put in, you know, link your bank account and to get the money and do some other stuff. So if you did try to do some fish, you know, fishy stuff, obviously it would be illegal potentially depending on what you're doing. And, you know, they would know who you are yeah. most likely because of the information they get. And the, and the part I love about Kickstarter too is it's a, it's, it's a community of early adopters and, and people that believe in a product before it hasn't even happened. So the backers help to, the, the backers kind of keep the project creator on that straight and narrow path, I think. They, where, I mean, obviously there's projects that will have some delays where maybe mm-hmm. some shipping changes or they had to switch suppliers. But for the most part, they tend to fulfill pretty well. I, I haven't seen any like hit and runs. So. Yeah, Interesting. That's yeah. It just kind of seems like some things, you know, it's like that restaurant you go into and they say, you know, pay what you want. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yep. if it can actually work in the right environment, people just respect it, you know. Yep. Uh-huh. So there are, you know, it's interesting. So, okay, great. So that yeah, and be- another and another failsafe is Kickstarter's privacy policy has recently changed too. And another thing that I really like about Kickstarter is they run all their payments through Amazon. So let's say mm. worst case scenario a project creator does decide to be deceitful and dishonest and never fulfills and runs away, you have pretty good recourse through a company like Amazon who's going to protect you and give you your money back. Okay, cool. All right, interesting. Good to know. All right, so a couple things now looking at this thread in Copy Chief. So you came to what we call the feedback section, 
and you sort of laid out the project and a few things that were very interesting to me is this is my first sort of up close experience with the Kickstarter campaign and and the I'd say the three major elements at play here that I noticed was obviously one the video the video has to be right that's I'm guessing gets a lot of engagement that's where you're introduced to the person behind the project I, I offer a thing called the 60 second sales hook that translates very cleanly over to these videos. Yeah, it works out perfectly for Kickstarter videos. We we tended to follow that 60 second sales hook literally to the T. Granted, our video was, I believe, two minutes and 15 seconds long, but yeah. we, we liked we really liked that 60 second sales hook. Yeah, it's and just that's a where little... we started from. Okay, great. I've always sort of noticed that. And then the other thing was really interesting. You spent a lot of time thinking about the the offers right like what are the what do you call them the prizes or the uh, yeah exactly mm-hmm. the, the the pledges the pledges okay so walk us through that and, and how and how what you've seen work and not work when it comes to the pledges and briefly explain what they are and, and how that works yeah so on Kickstarter there's there's different levels of I'll just pull up Vanishing Ink really quick but there's different levels of rewards that you get so for example if you pledge one dollar or more. Mm-hmm. We we came up with the line spare a buck save an artist every little bit helps. You know? <laughs> so that's just give me a dollar because I'm doing my best here and you believe <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. You like the you book, but that's all you got to give. Okay. Exactly. And uh, the other the other levels what we did is we tried to we tried to use a little bit of uh, we tried to use a little bit of sales tactics in the sense that we created something called the early bird and we we made the early bird have a lot of slots so it still actually hasn't ran out and we called it the early bird be the very first to get your own hardcover copy of Vanishing Ink and save $10 off the expected retail price. So you make people feel like they're getting in early, which they are. It's going to cost a little bit more, of course, and that's why we reward people on Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. And that was a $20 level. And then we had a $25 level, and we called that one the best value. And the best value was you got the hardcover book and the digital copy, kind of like the Kindle version. You know, so the $30 level got you an audio book and the full digital copy. So we spent a lot of time, because I don't like to – I don't like to rewrite the book. I like to look at what was successful on Kickstarter mm-hmm. and copy that. So I spent a lot of time analyzing the projects on Kickstarter that did really well that were in that publishing category. And I said, okay, what did they call their rewards? And what did they charge for their pricing? And how did they factor in shipping? And how did they play that out? And I actually talked and interviewed with two or three people that and asked them, how did this play out in the end? Were you, were you tough on shipping? Who did you go with for shipping? And we figured out all of these details before we even began mm. such that we know that we'll be ROI positive when this thing finishes while still being able to deliver some great rewards. I mean, if you get up into the really expensive levels and you really wanted to help out Scott Weiser, there's a thousand dollar level where he'll create an actual illustration for you in the likeness of what he's done on the book. Yeah. And, and he'll send you that, which is kind of cool. I mean, look at Scott's work and tell me that might not be a cool present for somebody. I haven't had anybody take us up on that yet. Really? But I, I, yeah. It's surprising. Yeah. Cause I, 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 I could be wrong. I think that was a, an idea that emerged in, in copy chief. Yeah, it was. And, um, I believe Scott McKinstry suggested that, and we added that as a level specific to him. So yeah, I think I think it's I think it's brilliant. And you say it's it's a bit of an indulgence, but somebody with with the little dough who really believes in this project and loves the art. It's very distinct art, and I think it's a, a really cool offer. And you'd be surprised too. The money raised on Kickstarter isn't all the money that gets raised. We've had a couple people come to us privately and have given thousands of dollars in donations. And they have kind of just said, hey, I like this. Here's what I want to do. And we've worked out special arrangements for them, which oh. has been kind of cool, too. So, 
Very interesting. So it's not hard and fast. It's got to be, you got to choose one of these. People can reach out. And then how would they pledge? In that case, the money doesn't show up on Kickstarter. They they send it to us a different way. Yeah. Private. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Okay, great. So yeah, this one of the things we worked out was the, the, the pledge levels. That was very cool. And I remember we talked a lot about, you got a lot of feedback from the copy chief members about the story and the video. You know, tell me what your big takeaways were as that sort of evolved. Well, let me tell you what the results were first. So okay. I'm actually just I'm actually just running some numbers right now for you because I know the results on this one have been oh yeah they're they're amazing. For every single video view on Scott Weiser's Vanishing Ink, we're making three dollars and seventy six cents. Wow, which is really good because I'm looking at a project right now that we're running. Not to be specific on that particular project, but it's point seven six. So if we if we divide 0.76 by 376, Scott Weiser's book is performing 80% better in terms of video views. It's just that Scott Weiser is a new author. He's a new illustrator. People haven't heard about him. He doesn't have his tribe yet. Right. So the amount of money that he's raised isn't hundreds of thousands of dollars, but he's doing exceptionally well in terms of conversions. Right. That's fantastic. And so... What 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 is if somebody sitting there dreaming of their their Kickstarter campaign right now? What are the things they need to accomplish in their Kickstarter video? I think you've got to be short and to the point, and you've got to learn to talk benefits. Mm-hmm. Everybody everybody knows you you don't sell the hammer and the nail; you sell the hole that you sell <laughs> you sell the nail that's sticking into the hole, or, or that sort of thing, right? right? So many people I found, in fact, just today, speaking again to that other client that has the video views conversion rate that's you know only 20 percent of vanishing inks they haven't talked in that benefit driven language that vanishing ink focuses on you've got to learn to talk about and it's hard with a book a book is a lot harder to do than a physical product because a physical product it's sometimes easier to say oh okay this helps me do this that's the benefit here's the feature Mm -hmm. so i think that is probably one of the biggest things you've got to do and then you've got to be able to do that concise people have lots of kickstarter projects to go through i think there's 181,000 plus projects that have been on Kickstarter. So there's a lot to sort through. If you're not quick and if you're not compelling, then you're not going to be able to attract the attention. So the approach we took for Vanishing Inc. was to make it like a movie trailer. And so the first few seconds of the book mm-hmm. kind of have that movie trailer feel to it that lead with that lead off with a cliffhanger that make you hopefully want to read more and understand more about what this book is about. Again, the hardest part about a book is people usually have to read it. And then when people read it and love it, they tell more people about it. Right. In the case of doing a book on Kickstarter, no one's read it. So yeah. You better do a darn good job of convincing them they should read it. That's right. Because no one's heard about it. There's not many reviews out yet. So that's a, that's a great point. So they have to love the story. They have to re, they have to resonate with the author. There, there needs to be a connection. There, a reason for them to to care. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Great. Yeah, fascinating. And so you say you showed us the results already, and that's great. So. I appreciate you doing this. Tell us quickly. I want to make sure people know where to find you. So it's um, different kind of, it's not a .com. It's a .today. So it's www.funded, F-U-N-D-E-D, .today. That is your site. And if somebody's interested in sort of vetting their Kickstarter project, this is a great place for them to start, fill out your paperwork, get on the phone with you and find out if they've got something viable in your eyes. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. We went with funded today instead of a dot com because it, it kind of flowed well, you know, we can help get your project or your idea or your invention or whatever it is that your dream is funded today. So our goal is very simple. 
to help you raise lots of money for your new idea or business. And we simply leverage the the crowdfunding platform known as Kickstarter, and we follow our three-tiered approach of paid media, PR, press, and cross-collaboration. And it's been very exciting to kind of see that play out. The part that I love the most about what we're doing and the reason why I've kind of dropped a lot of what I've done and focused so much on crowdfunding over these last 12 months is because I like to call what we're doing a triple win. The client wins because we're going to get them hundreds, maybe thousands of new backers, which means more people that believe in an idea that really hasn't come to market yet. You have to, you don't have to pay us anything up front. We're only paid if we can make you money. Mm-hmm. Um, the, cu- the customers win. The second win because we're bringing them great new products and inventions and ideas. We're actually reaching out to people and showing them things that they're not going to find at Walmart or Target or a bookstore yet. And we win because we're not only helping entrepreneurs realize their dreams by proving their business concept, we're also making some good money ourselves. So in the short time I've been doing this with Thomas funded today, it's probably been the most rewarding business adventure of my life, more so than anything I've ever done. So we're creating new jobs. We're inspiring and helping people that didn't even know they were an entrepreneur in the case of Scott Weiser and Vanishing Inc. And we helped them get started and literally everybody's happy. So it's a good feeling to be part of. That's great. Love it. And quickly, one, one last question. I, I like to end these by looking into the future just a bit. And crowdfunding is still a relatively new aspect of, you know, sort of generating income or capital, so to speak. How do you see this evolving in the near future? You know, I see, I, I still, I believe what you say. It seems like for every person I ask, you know, maybe one in five even knows what Kickstarter is. And if you say crowdfunding, they actually don't yeah. put two and two together. They yeah. don't even know that Kickstarter is crowdfunding. So it's definitely in that early adopter stage of the business cycle. Mm-hmm. I see it becoming more universal. I see people starting to, you know, I mean, maybe they're a little worried about it. Maybe they don't like the way, but I think people are going to continue to come together. There's, there's so many great shows on TV now. There's Shark Tank. Mm-hmm. There's Marcus Lemonis and The Prophet. And I think these TV shows are leading people to think, man, I kind of like entrepreneurship. Yeah. I kind of see how this makes sense now. I kind of see how maybe I could actually do this. It's not as confusing and scary as it might have been five, ten years ago. Wow, the Internet is so universal. Right. It reaches so many people. Maybe I could do this. Maybe I should give it a try. And I see us slowly moving to the point where crowdfunding becomes a new way to raise money without giving up equity in your company, without having to you know, go the friends and family route so much and without having to put in as much risk. A lot of people take such huge risk in business and using Kickstarter and crowdfunding makes it so that you can come in with a very minimal investment and prove whether or not your idea works or not. And even if it doesn't work, you've saved yourself years of time of wondering what if by proving it very quickly, whether or not you've got a winner or if you've got a loser. And if you've got a loser, you don't have to give up. You can come up with another idea and keep trying until you hit that one out of the park. And that's what I think is so powerful about this new model of raising capital and seed money for new investments and businesses. That's great. Fantastic. Well, Zach, thanks for being a member of Copy Chief. Thanks for sharing this case study with us today. I really appreciate it. And I I got a feeling you're going to be doing some really big things in the near future (laughs) here. So congratulations. Hey, I hope so. Thanks for having us on. Appreciate it. Have a good rest of your day. You too, man. Uh Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That felt good. I think that was a really good show. Yeah, I dug it. Hey, if you want the show notes and the links we mentioned, uh, head over to copychief.com forward slash T-A-M. That's copychief.com forward slash T-A-M. And it's all waiting for you right there. If you're interested in getting uh, coaching from me 
on business, on copywriting, plus access to all the amazing trainings like the Fast Wins copy course and the 60-second sales hook, plus the community. That's the real golden ticket, the community of like-minded, helpful, cool business owners and uh, professional copywriters. You should come on the inside of Copy Chief. You can get the best deal. Shh, it's our secret. Copychief.com forward slash special. I'll watch for you inside.